What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's WGC Workday Championship at the concession. We're going to talk all about that, but have you caught your breath yet? My goodness, last week was unbelievable. A playoff between uh, two really great guys. It's hard to see you know, one of them lose. It's Max Homa who ends up being victorious, and there were a lot of victorious members of the community you know it was it was a good week we we all had a lot of tony finau we had outright tickets we had him in our our draft kings lineups um obviously the outrights do not hit but the draft kings lineups did okay especially the ones that were also paired with max homa um i got a bunch of of tickets so i know there was a bunch of winners but i do want to point out carl in particular who won 20 thousand dollars last week unbelievable lineup had both max homa had tony finau in it absolutely awesome stuff um you know i was gutted for tony then i was gutted for max it was just an absolutely wild sunday and we've been on a good stretch of golf we're going to try to continue that uh, this week with a new course we're going to talk about that in depth but before i do a couple of housekeeping items i've got winners from last week subscriptions for rickrungood.com go to jose cuervo and dan shiel skiel Shield. I'm going to go with Shield. Uh, congratulations. I've reached out to you and uh, we'll get you set up on the website. If you want to win a subscription to rickrungood.com, there are two ways to do it. If you're on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. That's easy. Like this video and tell me in the comments below who's going to win this week's WGC Workday. The other way, and you can do both of them, is leave a five-star rating and review on Apple iTunes for the podcast version of this show. It's called 300 Yards to Unknown. I'll link it in the description. And you leave a five-star rating and review. You say something nice about the show. You leave me your Twitter handle, and I get in touch with you if you win. Outside of that, um, big push this week from Sportsbook. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be uh, mentioning this later in the week as well for the betting preview. But uh, the, the, the Super Bowl offers from a lot of these books are ending at the end of the month. So if you have not signed up for William Hill, Bet Rivers, uh, Bet MGM, you're probably leaving money on the table. We are now in live and up and running in Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, New Jersey, Colorado, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, and Virginia. More to come. Just go to rickrungood.com slash bets to take care of that. You can get a couple hundred bucks in free bets. You can get like $2,000 in free bets at William Hill, depending on what state you're in. So it's kind of crazy trying to think what else live shows 3 p.m eastern on wednesday it's going to be important because we're going to learn so much about this course over the over the course of the next couple of days and then also 8 15 p.m eastern time on uh, the jock market power hour which has been phenomenal and the response has been phenomenal and i appreciate everything um but yeah i think i think that's all the housekeeping i'll spare you some of the other stuff that's the, the big stuff that i want to make sure to get out let's look at this week's WGC Workday. All right. The Concession Golf Club, Bradenton, Florida. So this this event used to be WGC Mexico, used to be played at Chapultepec with COVID and travel restrictions. They're moving it to the concession, which starts now a longer uh, four-event Florida swing. Also, there are plans to apparently go back to Chapultepec next year. I guess we'll see. They're going to work on that. But here's what we know about the concession. And the answer is not much, but I've, I've done my best to try to grab some intel. And obviously, this will evolve 
over the course of the week. Um, it, it is a par 72, 7,400 yards. Uh, it is Bermuda grass. It's a Jack Nicholas design. The way that I understand this, it is not only a Jack Nicholas design, but it is a uh, Tony Jacklin code design. That, that is, that's how the name became the concession. And, and essentially, uh, it has as many holes that go right to left as it does go left to right. The green complexes, from my understanding, are raised. And they are raised with runoff spots. So the 6,000 square feet uh, that these greens are listed at, at you know, the golf, uh, the golf course superintendents association of America has it listed as probably play smaller than that. So you are going to need to be exact with your irons. And if you are off the green, you're kind of in a world of hurt uh, because you've got these elevated greens, these runoff spots. It's kind of tricky. It's actually a bit reminiscent of, what I think we kind of saw at Riviera, and I think we're going to get it a bit firm and fast with with kind of the weather and the way it's been in Florida. I, I think it's going to be firm and fast conditions. I don't think a, a low score is going to um, run away with this thing. I could be wrong, of course. Um, the par five, there's a par five that's like 605 yards, which uh, to recreational players plays as the number one handicap. So we'll see how that translates. If that if that's one of the more difficult holes, obviously usually professionals uh, dominate par five. So we'll see. The other thing is, you know, very little, uh, la- very little experience competitively for any of these guys. You know, Bryson DeChambeau won the 2015 U.S. Or excuse me, uh, NCAA individual championship here uh so he's got good vibes this this course tends to host some collegiate events uh also there is water in play on 12 separate holes to put that into perspective i can only find two other courses on the pga tour schedule that has more holes with water in play tpc sawgrass and pga national we're, we're in florida people like that's what you're going to get you're going to get water everywhere um we can comp it to we can comp it to those courses. We can look at the Bermuda specialists. Unfortunately, uh, for me, you know, my favorite model, my favorite thing, is the regression model. We can't use it this week. We don't have any data. The data that you're seeing on the website is from Chapultepec. Um, unfortunately, if we had information about the concession, we'd be able to use it. We don't. But you still can use the metrics down at the bottom to. Pick your time frame, pick how many rounds you want, and choose what stats are most important to you. So I'm just looking at last 30 rounds here for players around the green. I think we're gonna, I think that's gonna be a big deal this week. Patrick Reed, Patrick Cantley, Jason Day, Webb Simpson, Brendan Todd. And then let's say stroke scanned approach is another important one, and we'll make a model. We'll do a model at the end of the episode um, to, to actually allocate all 100 of my weights. But uh, for now, you know, guys with enough rounds that I care about, Mark Leishman in his last 22 measured rounds has been phenomenal with his irons. Will Zalatoris, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, all up there as well. So those are some guys that I might be looking at for this week. But again, we'll build a model. We're going to do a lot of guessing. I think this week more than most. As the week goes on, as we get, you know, the official scorecard and set up and we get people, you know, we get boots on the ground, we're going to get a lot more information about the concession. So being able to tune in to the Wednesday live chat um, on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel, I think is going to be critical. But for now, let's jump over to the cheat sheet and see how all of this breaks down for, uh, for, for DFS purposes. The field is absolutely stacked. Um, and I, I'll say it again. I said I said last week that a stud usually wins an event when all the best players in the world get together. I would not categorize Max Homa as a stud, at least by his official World Golf ranking. Uh, so he made me look foolish 
last week, but uh, I'll say it again. I mean, look at the WGC history, and this is a tweet. This is a combination of Jason Sobel and Will Haskett doing a little bit of research here. So looking back to the start of 2016, removing the match play WGC because that's a bit more volatile. These WGC events, there's been 14 of them. Eight of them have been won by a top three player in the world. That's crazy. 10 out of 14 have been won by a top 10 player in the world. That's also crazy. The average official world golf ranking of stroke play WGC winners since 2016 is 8.3. The current world's top 10 is Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, Terrell Hatton, Colin Morikawa, Patrick Reed, excuse me, Patrick Cantlay, Roy McIlroy, Webb Simpson, and Bryson DeChambeau. That is your top 10 players in the world. It is a very interesting trend to keep track of. Uh, usually, the cream does rise to the top, and it is six golfers over $10,000. $11,600 for Dustin Johnson, $10,000 even for Patrick Cantlay. John Rahm is here. Xander is here, JT, and Roy McElroy are here as well. Let's start at the top. Two guys, DJ and John Rahm, who are showing us what the floor is. You know, Dustin Johnson played, by his standards, horribly on Sunday. Was in the final group. Never put any pressure on Sam Burns. Never contended. All week long, he did not take advantage of the par fives. If you play Riviera number one four times and you make par on it three times, I don't care who you are, that's bad. Let alone Dustin Johnson who has dominated par fives in his career. So that was almost a, we almost got a floor result from, from DJ last week and he finished eighth. Like that, that is scary, scary stuff. Um, so you're, you're paying the full 11,600 again, a second week in a row. I'd, I'd probably rather play him on DraftKings than I would bet him in an outright market. I think the odds are better or the numbers are better over here compared to the rest of his peers. Uh, John Rahm, 11,100, you know, Riviera couldn't even keep Rahm down for all four rounds. He flies up the leaderboard on Sunday, shoots one of the best rounds. And, you know, when you get to a place where short game matters and firm and fast is, is going to be the case, and it might be more difficult than tour average, that's that's John Rahm. So lo- absolutely love these two. I'm going to have plenty of exposure to them. I'll probably be even on Xander. Xander's been getting a bit more popular as of late. I'll probably be about even on him. I'm going to jump down to Patrick Cantlay for a second, who, you know, I would argue, I know he shot a 60 what one at uh at the American Express. I know he shot a 62 at Pebble. Outside of those two rounds in his last three starts, I don't think he's been that good, right? I think he's left a lot of strokes out there. I think that um he he grinded to a couple of numbers and his results are still a second, a third, and a fifteenth. I mean the amount the floor that these guys have at this point is super scary. So to see Patrick Cantlay at ten thousand dollars is is enticing. Uh, now the other two that leaves Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy. And to do this, I want to pull up, um, you know, I want to do JT's Holy grail here because we've, we've got to figure out what to do with them. So here's Justin Thomas in the Holy grail, which you can sort by, you know, every single tournament, all of his rounds, all of his fantasy scoring, stuff like that. And I look back at what he did at Riviera and I see reason to be optimistic and reason to be just 
waving a red flag. So he loses 5.8 strokes putting. So how bad is that? Well, that is his worst two rounds putting event in my database. That goes back to the start of 2015. So we're talking about six years here. That is the worst two round total that he's had. He's had one worse event, but that was a four rounds. That was four rounds because he made the cut. So these are counting stats. Um, so that right there, I'm like, okay, well, he's not going to do that again, right? Like, he can't lose six strokes again. He probably probably bounces back. But then I also look at the rest of his game, and I see that he lost strokes in every single major category, all four of them, for the first time since, let me just keep scrolling, the 2016 Memorial, where he also missed the cut, of course. And I'm like, wow, is that, like... What what now? What do I expect? You know, his his next event, he did not play after he after he did that at the memorial, he did not play the immediate following week. He played two weeks later, played at the US Open, and he finished 32nd. But it was kind of a stretch of golf where he went, you know, after he missed that cut, he went five straight events without carding a top 10. And he only had one top 25, which for Justin Thomas is not good enough. Um, so I, I don't know. We have one, one other example of this happening before. So I don't want to say that is precedent. I don't want to say anything like that, but I'm, I'm treading incredibly lightly on Justin Thomas this week. Uh, I will wait to see what the ownership is on Wednesday because he really might come in with this stacked field with the pricing laid out. He might be a single digit ownership guy. And if that's the case, I'm back in. Right. So, so we'll, we'll see on Wednesday. Um, and the other one's Rory McIlroy. So we can look at what Rory did last week and kind of see if we can decipher anything from this. And, uh, I mean, the putter's the big issue, right? I mean, the, the losing 4.3 putting is terrible. He was bad around the greens. He lost on approach. It was just, it was, it was terrible. I, I'm a bit more optimistic that Rory can get it going. He's back in Florida, um, you know, this is the first cut he's missed in what 25 in a row, 30 worldwide. It's just, I think there's a bit more reason to be optimistic about Rory, but again, I got to see what these ownership numbers are. I think there could be a pretty big void in that portion of the 10 K range. The 9K range is super interesting. So it starts with Bryson DeChambeau. It has Tony Finau in here. It's got Terrell Hatton. It's got Brooks Kepka. It's got all these guys. Uh, let's start with Bryson. He's 9,900. He missed the cut last week. Let's go look at his round-by-round round stuff because I don't think it was as bad as maybe we want to believe, but I could be wrong. Let's, let's just pull this up and look at it here. So obviously he misses the cut. On Thursday, he was brutal in every single category. Uh, lost nearly four shots to the field. He was actually a lot better on Friday. Friday, he gained off the tee, not as much as he should have. He gained on approach. He gained. He was awesome around the green, and he lost two and a half strokes putting. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking that's not as bad as it looks, right? A miscut looks worse than, than what those numbers are. Played better in his second round. Lost a ton of strokes putting. It happens. So I'm, I don't want to say optimistic, but I'm, I'm interested in Bryson, especially because he's going back to a place where he has had success. And listen, you can play, you can say he's not, he's knocking off the rust. He played what five times since the U S open, like in, in five months, six months, whatever that's been. So yeah, I, I think he's got to shake the rust off. I think he's, I think he's uh, better on paper than what we saw with, with just that MC. Um, You know, don't forget that Terrell Hatton, uh, while he hasn't played on the PGA Tour, has been playing in the Middle East. He's been playing well. He, he won in Abu Dhabi three starts ago. He finished in the top 10 at the Dubai, uh, the DP World Tour. 
He finished sixth at the Saudi, which is where DJ won. Like, Hatton's in great form. He's 9,600 bucks. The guy who, who interests me the most is, is Hovland. Um, I'm, I'm enamored with this kid. I, I'm absolutely enamored. He flies up the leaderboard on Sunday. He finishes fifth at Riviera. And I just want to pull this up real quickly. You know, look at these ball striking numbers. I, I could not find anything more beautiful. We are now on a four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten event stretch. 10 measured events in which he has gained strokes off the tee. The one measured event that we don't have, he won. So I'm assuming he gained off the tee there. He's been lights out with his irons. His around the green game is getting a lot better. And the putter is average to above average. And that is a deadly combination for this guy. I mean, the results. Let's look at the results. Because he also went and played on the European Tour as well. So there's going to be like results that are missing from anybody looking up just the PGA tour data here. So he wins, he wins in Mayakoba wins third place in Dubai, terrible at the tournament of champions, second at the farmers, sixth in Saudi Arabia, fifth last week. I mean, he's, he's racking up top 10 finishes. Uh, I think the concession is a place where you got to be exact off the tee. You got to be exact with your approach shots. I'm I'm really, really digging on, on Victor Hovland this week. Um, I'm trying to see who else is in this 9K range. You know, the Colin Morikawa thing's really interesting. You know, we can look at what, like, let's do this. Let's go to, let's go to just last week's tournament. Let's just go to the Genesis because I want to show you guys this. So, um, strokes gained approach. Cameron Tringale, number one in strokes gained approach last week. Colin Morikawa, number two. How about putting? Uh, dead last in putting, Gary Woodland, which is crazy. Second to last, Colin Morikawa. So Morikawa was second in approach, second worst putting. Six of the seven and a half strokes that he lost putting were in the final round. Uh, he's trying out the new saw grip. Uh, clearly did not work well. In, in week one, we'll see if he goes back to it this week. But there's, again, always the case to be made that if he just loses two strokes putting, is he is he contending? Is if he's if he's an even player, is he winning? Like I I think there's a reason to uh, try to want to go back to him. You know, I I will probably touch on him in the in the betting preview of this show because he opened it like fifty five to one in some places and he was kind of, the numbers were kind of all over. So I snatched that up real quick, uh, hoping you guys did as well. We can talk more about that in, in another show, but um, something definitely intriguing for a flat $9,000 Colin Morikawa. The 8K range, you know, similarly stacked as it tends to be in a WGC event with only 72 golfers, no cut. Uh, Sung JM out of retirement. The guy's taking two weeks off. It, what, did he retire? $8,800 gaining in basically all four of the strokes gained categories. Uh, last time we saw him with the waste management, he played well, had another top 20 at the American Express. I mean, this is this is a guy who has thrived in Florida on difficult golf courses. Remember, he won the Honda last year, uh, backed it up at the API the very next week with a top five. So this is this is a very interesting spot to redeploy Sung Jae. And then, you know, the rest of this range is is kind of a, a grab bag. You can go back to Matthew Fitzpatrick. You can go back to Max Homa. You can drop drop down to a Joaquin Neiman or a Will Zalatoris. I, I kind of like that idea a little bit better, the Zalatoris and, and, and Neiman situation. Um, but I do want to do this. You know, I, I have 
I have the um, key stats here. So this is, I, I you know, I've been I've been rolling out the last, you know, you choose how many rounds you want. I've been rolling this out, and the first place I rolled it out is on the key stats here. So let's just do the last 50 rounds for these guys. Now, these are 50 total rounds, so not all of them will be measured. But just looking at strokes gained approach for measured rounds. Uh, David Lipsky, number one, he only has six measured rounds. Will Zalatoris, 18 measured rounds, number two, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa. Is there anything Will Zalatoris can't do? Seriously, is there anything? Because a 15th place finish last week, he's one of the best ball strikers on tour since he's made his debut. He's got a top 10 at the Farmers. He play, I mean, he's just contending everywhere. It doesn't matter if it's a U.S. Open. It doesn't matter if the field is weak, if it is strong, if the course is hard, if the course is easy. Zalatoris is asserting himself. And to get him at 8,000 even, when I think that there's a pretty big drop-off to the 7K range, I, I'm I'm very enticed by that. Very, very enticed by that. So that's kind of how I feel about the eights. Uh, you can go in a lot of different directions. I will probably focus a lot on the top and the bottom. Sungjae and and Willie Z are probably the 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 two that I'm I'm most interested in for their price. Seven thousand dollar range is interesting, and this is where I kind of get a lot of concern. Um, I, I'm interested in Jason Day. I think this is going to be you got to be good around the greens. He's coming off a top ten at, at Pebble Beach. Did not play last week. I think that's interesting. I think that Harris English is kind of interesting. You know, he was for 16, 18 months a top ten player on tour in terms of strokes gain total. He was. That's true. Finally cashes in at the Tournament of Champions and has not been the same since. He played okay at the Sony, missed the cut at the Farmers, missed the cut at the Waste Management. Has not played in two weeks. I'm wondering if. We can just hard reset Harris English. He can enjoy the the win. He can get back out there because at seventy five hundred dollars, if he is a top you know a top ten strokes game player for the last twelve or eighteen months, uh, it's an absolute steal. So interested to see the guy I'm really concerned about, and I love Matthew Wolf. I'm I'm really worried about this. So so let's I, I tweeted this out um, earlier on Monday, but let's just look at Matthew Wolf's numbers. Let's just do it. So let's clear these, clear this, just get Matthew Wolf by tournament, and we'll sort by date. And we will see again at Riviera last week, uh, he loses over four strokes off the tee. That is now a stretch dating back to the CJ Cup where he has been hemorrhaging strokes with the driver. And when that is your weapon, it is a big concern. It's the same concern I had when Gary Woodland kind of lost the driver, when Ricky Fowler kind of lost the putter. Like when you have your best aspect and you lose it, it's worrisome. I mean, and this look at this stretch of golf. I mean, he has not, he has probably lost more strokes in his last six measured events off the tee than he has in the rest of his career. I'm not sure that's an exaggeration. I mean, it's it's really unbelievable, and obviously his, his career is very young, so that is a huge concern. And then the other big concern is this: he is if it, it, it's one thing to hemorrhage strokes around the green if your driver is going to be great and your and your wedges are going to look good and you're going to roll in enough putts, but now he's doing both. He's hemorrhaging them off the tee and around the greens, and um, that is worrisome, especially around the concession, which there's water lurking apparently, and there are also these raised kind of awkward pitches and chip shots um man i'm 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 gonna have to be late on matthew wolf especially at seventy six hundred dollars
Carlos Ortiz is interesting. I want to look up Carlos Ortiz real quick because um, he's played well. He missed the cut last week at the Genesis, uh, but really it was with the flat stick. I'm, I'm okay with that. He loses 3.2 strokes putting. He had gained in three events previous to that. He is a bit volatile with the putter, but uh, that's good. That's good for a bounce back. After he won in Houston, you know, it's so easy for guys to win and not play well. It's easy. You have your status. You have your money. Uh, you've got this huge weight off your shoulders. Not Carlos Ortiz. Next start, boom, top 10 at Mayakoba. Had a top 15 at Sony. Had a fourth-place finish at the Waste Management. I, I mean, that is great stuff. I'm a little bit worried that he relies on the putter a bit too much, but we're down in the $7,000 range. We can't be beggars. We can't be choosers. Really like the upside that is Carlos Ortiz. We have our kind of solid Ryan Palmer down here at 7200 And then Christian Bezadenhut. You know, this is a guy that I drafted in uh, Pat Mayo's season-long draft. And I, as we speak here today, um, I think I screwed up. I, I probably should have taken somebody else in that spot. I thought he was already going to play more in in the in the states, but he hasn't. But but he's coming over here. He's got the he's got the WGC event. I know it's on a different tour. I know it, the competition is not as good. He won back to back European tour events at the end of last year. We've seen him play well when he comes over. He has a lot of raw talent, a lot of raw skill. We're down in the seventy one hundred dollar range. He's going to be completely forgotten. I think he's kind of interesting. So that's that's how I would kind of look at this. Palmer's probably the safer option. Ortiz, Bezadenhut, a bit more upside, kind of uh, maybe lower-owned options is, is the way that I would describe this $7,000 range. 6K range is a little bit scary. You know, you get Kevin Na, who... Um, you know, who has winning upside, right? Doesn't matter the field, doesn't matter the, the event, has winning upside more than Bern Wiesberger, more than uh, Laurie Cantor, more than some of these guys. You're, you're getting a lot of the Euro guys here, right? Like you're getting, you're getting, you know, this is a World Golf Championship. You're getting a lot of the European guys. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes is interesting. And I'm always a big fan of Mackenzie Hughes. Flies up the leaderboard, shoots one of the, or had one of the better rounds going on Sunday for a while. I think he coughed up a couple of strokes late. Riviera demands you are good with the short game. I think the concession is also going to do that. So Mackenzie Hughes, 6,400 bucks, kind of a short game specialist. I like that. If it plays the full 7,400 yards, might be a bit long for him. I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous about that, but um, I, I think Hughes is interesting. The other guy that I thought was interesting down here was... Oh, Abraham Answer. And I, I think he's going to be very popular. $6,800. He missed the cut at the Genesis. He got there, what, Wednesday night? He was all snowed in in, in Texas and all that good stuff. Um, you know, his start before that was a fifth at the American Express. I love Answer, love him as a grinder. I think he's going to be popular. He's $6,800. Let's make a model. Let's do a model real quick. So I will say, uh, this is the, and first of all, it's the custom model on rickrungood.com. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of guessing, right? I, I don't really know what it's going to take around the concession. I think it is going to be um, important to be a bit of a bomber. So let's add 15 to distance. I think if this stretches out to the full 74, 74, it's, that's pretty long. I think you got to also be exact off the tee. So I don't want to put too much on off the tee because distance kind of plays into that. So I'm going to do 20 off the tee, 20 on approach, and 20 around the green. So I could just do strokes gain tee to green, I guess. But it's not equal, uh, not equal weighting. And then what I'm going to do for, it is a par 72. 
So I'm going to go with par five scoring for 10. And then I'm going to go with birdie or better for 10. And let's run this and just see what happens. Justin Thomas, my number one golfer. Justin Thomas, my number one golfer. Hideki Matsuyama, number two, which is interesting. I probably would have not gotten to him. Roy McIlroy, three. John Rahm, four. Tony Finau, five. By the way, I'm fine with going back to Tony, right? Guy's on a heater. Three runner-up finishes in a row. Guy's on a heater. Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, Scotty Scheffler, Scheffler, Dustin Johnson, Daniel Berger is my model here. I'm trying to see if there's any interesting. Harris English and, and, and Sergio Garcia pop up as kind of the first value-ish plays. The first guy's under 8,000. That's kind of interesting. Zalatoris is certainly in my top 20. Surprised to not see Hovland a bit higher. The model's got to catch up. He's got too many rounds, whereas around the green game was poor. He's got to catch up. Um, but this is interesting. So I'll take a deeper dive into Hideki. Um, I'll take a deeper dive into Scotty Scheffler, and I will wait to see the ownership on Justin Thomas because I think that could be something that makes a lot of decisions for me. Okay, uh, this week more than ever, I think being at the live chat on Wednesday is going to be critical. Paying attention as we get more information about the concession uh, is also going to be important. I think that's it. Tweet me, at Rick Run Good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon.